0: Don't go. Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I Don't took go. the blows and did it my way. It's time, the Vinny Rock Podcast. What's going on? It's the Vinnie Rock podcast. Today I got a buddy of mine who I actually grew up with and we lost contact and then my, you know, venturing into acting kind of brought us right back together. Yeah. So before we get to that which is a pretty cool episode. Before we get to that, let's get to the sponsors. We have Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group is testosterone replacement therapy. That's helping Big Poppy get back to being Big Poppy. Now, to be honest, it's just helped me get back regulated, feeling good again, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I love it. And I've been doing it for a while. I, I can tell you during the COVID, I, I, I got off it for a little while just because I was just stressed out. But now I'm back on and hopefully you'll start seeing some serious improvement for me my physical health cuz it's been oh my god whatever the case if you guys are interested in core medical group at least just getting your blood work done it is core medical group and i can get that to you let me do this again stop let's see stop i took the and did- Yeah. All right. We're recording. What's up? This is the Vinnie Rock podcast. I got my boy JJ Sordia on. Um, He is one of the actors on the hit show on Netflix called Hentified, uh, but he's also uh, someone that I grew up with. And so by chance, you know, my path to Hollywood, um, I had no idea jj was doing what he did and i was even watching him on tv and had no idea it was him i remember jj real quick i remember watching like oh that dude looks familiar as fuck (laughs) and then uh you know i get to la and boom here we are um in the biz and i just want to kind of get in here and talk with you why not man and how you been dude how's everything
1: First and foremost, I've I've been wanting this, I'm glad you you invited me on here because I've always wanted to tell you, I think I've told I told you when we when we boxed over at um at San uh, and, and I was telling you how proud I am of you. And you know, I've admired you since we were little, man. I remember when you were playing for the Padres, Michigan <laughs> for the Michigan Circular League, and you know, you've always been athletic and you're always on the all-star team. Um, and those, you know, you don't you don't know how much things impact people when you're, you know, at any stage, whatever, any time in your life. But, um, you know, I, I still admire you for many reasons and, uh, I'm just so freaking proud of you, bro, for many reasons. Thank uh, you, bro. With, 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 for how, for what I know of your journey, uh, from, from a kid. And then, I mean, I, I always, in, in some ways see perform with seeing glimpses of your life in the sense of seeing your dad, you know, uh, on, in fight in corners. And, um, there's 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 Vargas's dad, you know, like just this, this those thoughts. I uh, wonder what, what he's doing, stuff like that. Um, all I'm trying to say is I'm freaking so fucking proud of you, and um, admire you to this day. For again, for many more, for even many more reasons, actually now. So I, I appreciate I that it. first and foremost.
0: Yeah, no man, I appreciate that. Uh, it's nice to get reconnected. And it was actually I was on my way to film uh, in Palmdale when I had that when we first called, and I was like. I tripped out. I called my wife after like, babe, you wouldn't even fucking believe this shit. Like how weird the world is. You grow up in LA. I never Mm -hmm. thought of fucking acting. And usually in our circle of friends, none of us did. It wasn't, it wasn't for us, right? It wasn't for uh, other people. Maybe most of the, maybe some of the white kids I grew up with were involved in it in some aspect, but it wasn't for us. And so I never in a million fucking years thought any of my dudes growing up would even be in the show right would be in the big leagues of, of hollywood and so it was crazy when we had that conversation i told my wife it's like i used to watch this motherfucker on a show and i knew there was something about this dude that i couldn't fucking get i was like I, this motherfucker i know who he is somehow and and it just kind of like all right my life got busy at the time i'm in the military i'm doing you know i'm going to i and coming home on blah 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 everything and then you know 2000. I think it's 17 ish is really when, when I kind of jumped into the Mayans by luck, by chance, by preparation meets opportunity and whatever it is. And then we connected through social media.
1: Preparation meets opportunity. It definitely, it, it definitely, it, you said, you know, it's by chance, but it's really, I don't want to sound cliche or anything, but it's destined. It's all part of your journey. You know, we all have our own journey. If you, if you look back and reflect it does make sense why you're at where you're at. And everything that's, that's led up to where you're at now has gotten you here because of that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, 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 you can connect the dots. Like, like remember back in the day when we used to have the coloring books and connect the dots and shit? Yeah. Like you go back and it's like, oh, that makes, okay, it makes sense why I'm here. All right. But yeah, it, yeah. back in the day, we would have never thought that we, one, would be in this industry and then two, cu- uh, and, and encounter each other's lives once again through it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like we we both went different paths in life and come right back and look at us. We're in the same freaking path again. <laughs>
1: I, I'm so grateful for that, man. I'm so grateful for that.
0: Dude, tell me, man. So first, how's your mom? She good? She's good.
1: She had she had cancer and she's in remission from that. I think she had, she's been taking these pills. She has one more year to take it, but she's getting so much better. And just, I mean, my mom is just one of the sweetest people i've ever the sweetest person i've ever
0: known yeah just the, let her know I let her know I, i'm thinking about her and then i said hi as well right well too and your your clan how's everyone bro the the family you know it's funny you know what room i'm in right now this is the room that i grew up in when Shut i was up. a kid yes i'm in the same yeah. house so yeah that the house that right there right? It, this, is, this is it up. Uh, Bro, so the funny thing about this is my sister bought the house from my parents. And then there's so many rooms. We were a big family in LA, right? Like there's yeah. four kids and my parents. So there's rooms in here that are just not being used. And I said, hey, do you mind if I rent our space? You know, She goes, no, go ahead. So I do this when I'm in town. And my dad does it when he's in town because my dad still works on a couple TV shows and stuff. So I'm in the room that I was in in high school. This is it. It's now like kind of like the spare bedroom. And that's where I'm at right now. <laughs>
1: That even that adds even more to the story, dog. <laughs> like you're back like, yeah, that's
0: so cool. That's yeah. So it, it's, it's crazy, man, that Hollywood brought me closer to my family. And and um being in the military, I got used to being away. It it was like uh I got comfortable with not having to visit. It was just like oh my life is just busy, it's all good. And then when I started trying to do the L.A. thing, the acting thing, I had to come home. I had to come to L.A. to do it. And also I'm having dinner with my mom and dad and my sister and I'm reconnected with the family. And so, you know, if anything else, it was a blessing in disguise just to have a closer relationship with my family. But that being said, everyone is good and healthy and and it's all it's all gravy right now.
1: Right on. And the fact that you have a a huge family of your own, your own, you know, your kids and everything it only makes sense. It only makes sense. You know, because you come from a big family and you created your own big family.
0: Yeah, I knew I was going to have that, right? I knew I wanted that. And so it's just been, it's been cool. And it's been, uh, you know, the grind to keep them, uh, to keep them happy is is always part of like the passion as well, you know?
1: Yeah. You got them all, you got them all in in combat sports too. Your daughter's wrestling. yeah. Boys yeah, wrestling
0: no. yeah it, it's funny the boys are in and out they want to do it they don't um it's just the girls kind of took to it more but the boys we always do something there's a jiu-jitsu training at the house at some point there's always a boxing lesson going on um but we're active in sports no matter what there's some kind of uh sports and because you and i know how sports kind of shaped our youth uh there's something to be learned by by the losses right i always say i, I like to gift my kids with losses <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro well, you probably what? lost a lot of Monroe, <laughs> bro, I, I, you yeah. know, I want, I wanted to go to Kennedy dog. <sighs> I did.
1: And I didn't make the fucking team. That was the whole reason why I went to Kennedy. Cause I wanted to play in the baseball team.
0: Yeah. yeah the best team. They were the best team in the Valley for us besides I mean, Chatsworth, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And Chatsworth too. And El Camino Real, right. Was, yeah, that yeah. Was another one. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I was, my homeschool was Monroe. And did you go to, did you go to Patrick Henry?
0: No, no. I went to Holmes Junior High, and then I went to oh. Port, Porter for when I when I had to do summer school. Sure, okay. So I oh I, I just missed
1: you at summer school because I I went to Porter. It's right down the street from my from my parents' house. Um. But so yeah, when I had to choose between going to Monroe or Kennedy, I'm like fuck. I'm not going to Monroe. I'm gonna to go to Kennedy. I want to be in that all star team, right? Yep. And it just didn't work out either. Whether like I thought I was good enough, and everyone on the on the like or a lot of members of the team thought I would be, but either. Coach Alvarado wanted me to play winter ball, and I got introduced to football and the excitement of that. And I was like, yeah. dog, that's okay. So I missed the first winter ball. I tried out, not to give any excuses, but the day of the tryout was uh, my homeboy Octavio's funeral. I remember saying, "All right, see you next week," and next week never came. And he, yeah. he died. He died in a car accident. And the day of the funeral, I went to the funeral. I missed school, went to, but went to the tryout right after the funeral. And Maybe this wasn't good enough, but then anyways, I, I go, I play football and I go to this thing and, and I was the excitement of the fans and, da, 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 and all these girls crying. Ah! I said, what the hell is this? I want to be yeah. a part of this. Yeah. Didn't, all that to say, I didn't do winter ball the following season. He didn't let me play, but I, I have to admit, listen, if I was good enough, I would, there would have been no excuses. I would made the team, but it, um, that was it, a big it, transition in my life.
0: Yeah. Coaches, coaches they want you to be 24 seven. Right. And, and that was, I had a problem with that. I had walked away from football because my coach kind of gave me this ultimatum. He's like, look, is, is my 11th grade year. And he goes, you can play football. You can get injured and ruin your opportunity of going somewhere with baseball. You're good enough to do something, stick with it. And I, and I remember I actually told my football coach, like, look, you know what? I'm, I'm going to focus on baseball. And he made me feel so guilty for it, but there's nothing that, Ever filled the gap of running out on the field and the crowd going crazy and you know like there's nothing will ever fill that. That was the most exciting thing in my sports career besides hitting a home run in a big game, right? That like football was there was so much exhilaration. There's nothing like that in baseball. Baseball is this beautiful kind of passive sport that has so much history and so much love in it. And then you go to football where it's like, oh crap, you're a big deal, and that feels good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
1: felt great, man. I mean, because I, what I loved, and I'm, and I'm sure you relate to this, the, the what I loved about baseball was you're always thinking about where you have to position yourself, depending on who's pitching, depending on who's at bat, what ending it is, and all this shit. And I loved all that mind game, even though I was just in fucking right field. I, I, I was always there, yeah. and I loved that, that chess, so to speak. And then going to football and just – The energy. It was just the energy. It was the energy of everything.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is, dude. So you know, it's funny. I've I've watched a few of your other interviews just because I just just curious to see. uh, You know, there's so much growth in your life from from before, and and um, you know, there was a big change at some point for you to attempt theater, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a moment in my life where I did the same. I was at Glendale Community College. I was struggling to get my grades. I had um, you know, – I've always had dyslexia, so I've struggled with reading my whole life. I never was admitting it to anyone, so I even struggled even more. I had people help me with homework, so I never grew into the space of understanding how to read really well until I got into the military. And so my coach was like, dude, theater, you could get an easy A, just figure it out, right? And that was like the first – taste of theater i've always saw it in my head i've always watched kids and like fuck i wish i had the balls to do that shit you know what i'm saying but i never even did it until i had to for good good grades and you have a very similar story of trying to find what you're going to do and falling into a a theater course
1: yeah so my story is basically again my i've always identified myself as an athlete my dream was to play for the dodgers right that was that was Long story short, you know, I, I go to community college, athlete, athletic, um, a career in athletics was very dim, at, to say the least. And I was like, okay, well, this doesn't seem like it's gonna be a reality. Um, what are the things I, I, I'm interested in? And I was like, at the time and trying to pick a career, I, I uh, ended up going with physical therapy because my dad was in aerospace and he was always kind of in and out of a job. So I was like, okay, well, as long as I'm helping people and, and I, I can make good money, and um, help people make good money and a consistent career. I chose physical therapy, and I realized that that shit what, didn't make me happy. And I go, oh fuck. And trying to figure out what I want to do, I never thought about being happy. <clears throat> I go have a meeting with my college counselor, and she's like, you have uh, to make up some, get some units, extra units. You have to choose between painting, drawing, and theater. And I go, well, I've never been one for the arts. I, I actually even recall back in like, I think we are in fifth grade, you and I, uh, no, not fifth, maybe, maybe six. I don't know. We had a, a similar class and we did arts and crafts. And that, that's Who's, your, who's
0: your fifth grade teacher? Weiner. Yeah, we have Miss Weiner, bro. Yeah? We have Miss Weiner, okay. bro.
1: So I remember <laughs> doing some kind of arts and crafts thing. And I'm like, I'm just horrible at this. I was getting like C's and D's. So that's where my mind went when they, took, when they brought up painting, drawing, and theater. And I'm like, uh, drawing, I can't do this. I can't do this to save my life. Painting sounds boring. Um, it's so funny. I have this thing on the back of my wall now. <laughs>
0: I was thinking it, bro. I was thinking it.
1: it like go. is boring. Um, my, by the way, the artist's name is Demk. He's from Glendale. Uh, Armenian cat. Super talented. Gorgeous. Um, <clears throat> um, so the theater, I go, fuck it, I'll do it. But my mentality towards anything has always been how, how I do anything is how I do everything. So I go all in. Yeah. Sat in front, in front of the class because that's the way I could pay attention. And I listened to what acting was all about, creating characters and telling story. And I reflected for a moment, a quick second. I go, wait, I've always loved storytelling. My grandma used to always tell me stories when I was a kid to put me to sleep, but I would never fall asleep because I'd want to hear more stories. I'm like, all right, well, I love storytelling. And I go, quite honestly, I go, I think I'm a good looking dude. That's how I thought. I'm yeah, like, I'm a good dude. If I just put forth the same work ethic that I had towards athletics, towards this, I'll figure the rest out. That was just how I thought. I walked out of that class, never auditioning, never done, not even getting up and performing. I just go, I'm an actor, and I, I'm gonna pursue it. I'll figure out how how to. I'll ask the right. I'll ask the questions, and you know,
0: do the work. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna jump in and figure out how to swim. Exactly, bro. <laughs> just jump in the deep end and figure it out. Yeah, that's it. That's dope, dude. That's it's crazy.
1: That's literally the start of it. That was literally literally the start of it.
0: What was your first role where you were like, "Yep, I got this."
1: um mm, uh, that that's i don't know if there was ever a, a real moment oh well i'll actually say it was it was in acting class andrew mcgarian in north Ho- andrew mcgarian in north hollywood i'd already been taking a scene study class with a lady by the name of lauren patrice nadler awesome scene study class learned a lot about myself in there but it was one fucking note yeah, Andrew McGarrian said to the class, not to me specifically, it wasn't no special moment, it was just an aha moment. He said, play for real. Mm. And I always remembered playing basketball, at, uh, like, you know, recreationally. And we know when someone's a lot better than you and they're kicking your ass and they're tired of playing, like this is the fifth game in the row and they beat, yeah. they're beating you up. So now they're just fucking around. And you're like, nah, man, play for real. Because if I beat you, I want to beat you because right. you are really trying. But he right. said, play, that, that resonated with me, play for real commit commit and i was like oh play for real that was it yeah that was that, it
0: that's beautiful i have uh, you know a handful probably 20 different veterans who who listen to the podcasts and who are aspiring actors and that's a great note for them like the, the y'all that are listening play for real i mean that is so that's so honest and it's funny there's so much different direction in acting and theater and and everyone will find what their process is right everyone your process is going to be different than my process but in the end of the day we just want to be believable right we're, we're trying to create this very believable character in ourselves as well as we say the lines and we say our dialogue we want to believe it it has to be so organic and honest so that the the viewers like like oh shit this guy is eric off Hentify. there is no jj right you know what I mean? like yeah. it it what, I, what i'll add to what
1: you're saying there is like you said when i pointed at you he said you want to believe it and i now I, I don't concern myself with that's all i concern myself with yeah is doing what i need to do so i believe it so right now like even at the beginning of my career and you know no one teaches you how to handle any of this handle whether it be fame attention um you have to learn all that throughout the process and like, so it, there was a time when I got into this, and as much as I love storytelling, the ego part of me wanted to be uh, my name, needs to be upside Pacino, De Niro, da, 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 for to fulfill my commit to. I, I need to be seen a certain way. After more and more I worked, I realized along the the, the journey, I go, Oh, no, 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 this is about convincing me and, and figuring out what I want to do. So, like, actually, now I really enjoy. Because I'm because I identify more as an athlete and being physical, that's the kind of stuff I wanted to do. Like there was a time where I wanted, I wanted to prove myself. I no longer care to prove myself. I I only the only person I'm trying to prove myself to is me, and I've done that. I, like I always say, this you could see me intensified and be like, oh you're okay, and I'll respect that. It's totally fine. Or you could think I suck, and I can respect that too. Um, what I what I do is I as long as I believe in what I'm doing, that's. That's um what's most important to me. Yeah. And that's that's why I'm so believable because actually any every character I play is me as that. If, if there's what I like I said, I play for real. I say I play for real so it's never an act. Yeah. When yeah. I'm mad, I'm mad. When I'm crying, I'm crying. I have to because I cause I'm not a good actor. There's some people that are really good right. at thinking.
0: Yeah, I'm a better exister. <laughs> this is me. Now
1: yeah. boom, exactly. here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could the acting Maybe learning how to maybe speak with an accent or something like that. You know, like that's 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 the acting part of it. Yeah. But when it comes to the emotional aspect of it, that's a hundred percent real. Yeah. And um, what I was trying to get to was to say that, like, I've actually realized that the stuff I gravitate towards initially, I was trying to prove myself. So I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to do. I wanted to play a gay character. I wanted to do all this shit to just to prove. And I've, over my career, I realized, oh, that's not really what I want. What I want, I love stuff like the Purge. I love stuff like Fast and Furious. I love stuff like, you know, action, boom, boom, boom. So now yeah. again, that's what, when you, when you hit me up about, when um, you saw me shooting and you're like, yo, I'm down to help you. And I'm like, dog, I'm, hell yeah. Because that's, that's the stuff, I, I got to ingrain it in me. I need to feel it. Like, you know, I need to own it. Yeah. Own it. And yeah, yeah. that's, um, along the journey, that's what I've learned into
0: well, it's, it's like you're cultivating who you are as an actor, and, and, and it changes from the beginning till now. I mean, you've grown. Like, right? we all grow. We change. You know what I mean? But in, over life, right? It's yeah, right. You evolve. Bro, I started in comedy because I've always been a class clown. I've always been the fool, right? I've always, the militaries do skits already in the military, and people be like, oh, do well, this one, and I'm like, whatever. And then I got into YouTube with my friends, and that was successful. And then all of a sudden, I find myself getting picked up more for drama, and I'm kind of tripped out. Like, well, no, I like drama. I think it's, Drama for me is actually therapy. I love doing the th- drama shit, but like I'm getting nervous. Like don't put me in only a drama role because I could do comedy because I feel good about comedy. So in my, I guess, evolution of acting is feared. One, I mean, you have all these tattoos. I get typecasted and, and that, that's hard for me because like I'm like, fuck that, dog. I'm a real motherfucker. I, I could do anything. right? And, and so I struggle with that as in like – See me for who I am in here, not for this. And I promise you I can play a lot more than what you think. And that's a hard thing to convince Hollywood because Hollywood doesn't see, you know, uh someone with tattoos as a federal agent, but I was a federal agent, right? Hollywood doesn't see this guy with tattered up neck as a military. I'm still in the military, right? And so it's this thing is trying to convince the the culture of Hollywood to believe that we can be so many different things with whatever look. And so that's been my I guess I got to get out of my head with that. For me, it's like, let the work show. Fuck it, dog. You know what I mean? Man, yeah.
1: that's it. Don't try to convince anybody. Yep. Don't try to convince anybody of your talent or anything. That's why another quote I have, I'm the shit, but I ain't shit. Like, there's <laughs> balance. You know what I'm saying? I, or, or say it the other way. Listen, I ain't shit, but best believe I'm the shit. You know what I, I mean? Like, yeah. I, my confidence in myself, I don't need any trophy to tell me how good <laughs> I am. I don't need like yeah. I, I already believe it. I'm always working to get better, and I take I take learning lessons from everybody. It don't matter if you're a guest star, co-star, whatever. I tell everybody that comes on set with me. I say, hey, if you have a note for me, throw it my way. And the reason I do that is because I want them to give. I want them to open up. A lot mm-hmm. of times, a lot of times when you know, because you know, we've been there when we're playing guest star roles and this that and the other, and you feel and you know, you're a guest and you're like. Uh, what can I do? Or what can I, you know, how much can I, how much can I uh,
0: yeah.
1: give? And the, what I've learned is obviously it's, it's a, and I think another reason why we love this field is it's a collaboration. It's a team sport. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting that you have, so it's, it's a very egotistical and, and people could be about themselves, Yes, but the, the best way it works is when you're working as a unit together. Yeah, and I love that. Co- I love that collaborative process. Um, it's what I loved about playing sports as well.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the funny. You mentioned that this is a this is what I've been doing this year. What we've talked about, me and Richard and Clay and JD. You know, we've kind of all come together and said, you know, in my head, the way I take this, this is a fucking war, dog. We've, we've we're fighting. We're fighting and we're gonna show up to the set and I'm gonna fucking give you all my blows and you're gonna give me all yours and whoever fucking wins, wins. But that is what's gonna put the best scene on the table for the viewer. That's teamwork. Me giving you everything, fuck it, you don't like that shit? Fuck it, dog, I'm giving you it all. you know. And he better give it to me and he better make me feel like, and we're, we're going back and forth on this shit, right? And I hope to God I win every single fucking scene I'm in, but I don't care if I do or don't. In the end of the day, we created the magic of behind what, what the fuck you see in the minds. And that's why it works. Yeah, I get it, get it, get it. Bro, let me t- trip you out on something. Miss Weiner, do you remember the all the crazy stories about her? Yeah. She was a bitch and the other. And- bro, she 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 used to say that she she taught Michael Jackson how to dance. She used to she was the weirdest whacked out lady Oh, the- yeah. And that's
1: and that's why people thought like people and people thought like she was mean. I was super like I was very on my being polite and proper. And she really appreciated it. And but like whenever I talked to her, she was smiling and she was so much full of like people thought she was mean. Bro, but she was the dopest lady with all
0: these crazy stories, dude. Exactly.
1: (laughs) She was was dope. She was. She she actually
0: she impacted me for sure. She cared, bro. And it was this funny thing. Like she had me. I I think she knew I couldn't read much. She always had me doing, things like, can you fix this? Can you fix it? And I'm like, yeah. And it made me feel special that, hey, I'm not good at school, but I was good at other things. And she made me feel that, dog. And that was a super special lady. And I just thought, like, trip out. We were both in that class at that time. And she was having that kind of impact on us. And it's just kind of crazy. Fast forward now.
1: Dog, And you think about it, she truly did make an impact. She truly was special. Because the fact that we still remember her name out of all the teachers (laughs) that we've had over the years.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. Crazy. Well, dog, there's a thing that I like to show veterans about theater. You know, we come from and, you know, as well, being Latino here, growing up in L.A., the machismo is a thing that follows us. Right. It's it's the it's the kind of the black shadow in our world that doesn't allow us to be um, honest with ourselves. We have to play a character essentially for the street. Yeah. In life, in the street, as a man in Latino. And you got to be this tough guy. Can't do this yeah no 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 you can't do that you can't say oh that's fucked up i feel bad for them no you can't do that shit bro because that shit's weak in in the in the eyes of men that are latino in 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 california or in the areas that we we were raised and not even that it's funny because fast forward from my life as a military guy in the special operations community it's the same bro i couldn't get away from this shit dog and my heart was softening throughout the years of just living life and losing friends and having a baby all these things started making me softer and i appreciated it right it was nothing but gratitude to life kicking me in the fucking nuts and making me humble that i was able to soften up and i'm a 23 year old kid who lost baseball the dream because i was academically ineligible who had a baby uh from a woman that i had to learn to love and we had our first marriage it's like this crazy world of it but that's what got me to this most honest side of like oh man it ain't about being tough no more dog it's about just being real you know what i mean and you know what i'm talking about and and i feel like did it take a long time for you to allow that to shed off of you? And is that probably a, a power in your acting is the fact that your willingness to be vulnerable? Absolutely, Doug, I mean,
1: that's, that's every character that I approach, uh, is the foundation is vulnerability. You know, That is why, <clears throat> again, I have to toot my own horn, but that's why people believe what I do because it's, it's, they can relate to vulnerability and everything is, that's the foundation. You know, right. you open up that—that—that's that, um, what people connect to. Um, <clears throat> so, growing up, I remember in high, in high school, specifically taking pictures all the time. I wouldn't smile in pictures because, you know, that's gotta be gotta be tough, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always like that, and also because I didn't like my two front teeth. They kind of like, me. <laughs> 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 but but uh, yeah, um, I de- definitely more than anything acting class was therapy because i had to go in and handle daddy issues that i had within myself or like you know you do a lot of i've always done a lot of self analyzation throughout my life but okay so being molested being like having a head injury or young at a young age before like before before going to mail um i remember all that i remember
0: it all i remember hearing i remember you telling us about it like oh shit
1: then and and then in um Dog, that, that, something you probably don't know about this unless, unless you got it from the interviews. Um, there was I got picked on a little bit because I was a little chubby at, at male, and I mean, I'm just in fact, frankly, I was sensitive. So I, I was literally crying in the shower, praying to God that I lose weight. So all this shit that that was very impactful to me at a young age. That over my life. That during that time, I was like, ain't I didn't nothing. Like, I mean, I'm crying and all that shit, but then I, I'm telling myself, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. You know, like man up or I go back because of acting class and have to analyzing and connecting the wires and finding out why I feel the way I feel about things. you got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. A lot of looking in the mirror.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's a chapter in my book is looking in the mirror.
1: And and so that's what I did. I've done I still do. Right.
0: Yeah. I, and, and that's what
1: we refer to. I mean, we're referring it to acting, but it's really in life. I believe we all need to do that. We all need to look, I, I, um, especially during this time where people are always, there's a lack of accountability.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. A hundred percent. Huge
1: lack of account. Everybody wants to point the finger at this, that, and the other, and I'm like, motherfucker, point the finger at yourself. Take accountability for yourself, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's this. There's this crazy thing that everybody wants to blame someone else for their problems, right? And. and- when you do that, you're just because you're not willing to accept that you fucked up. And to me, what's been my greatest power is accepting my fuck ups. Like, yep, that was me. I fucked that up. My bad. I got to fix that. And if you can't accept your own fuck ups, you're never going to grow from those fuck ups or you never change the path that you're on. And so you'll continue to have this fucking downward spiral of shit because, hey, bro, you won't clean up your own mess, dog. How do you expect it to fucking be walking on this clean streets? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. and And you say like, acting is what we're using but exactly i think acting in the, in itself as much as it's my career and it's my business it's what i do now um it was a therapy that helped me um heal a lot of my own wounds or allowed me gave me the permission to cry you know what i'm saying and this is why I without take this- judging yourself exactly like, oh no, no no i'm acting bro I'm, I'm you know it's all good you know and it's this thing that i had to get over still as a you know as this this dude in the military which was you know, the world's telling you to be tough. The other side of you is telling you to be human. You know, I I had to, you know, find the the middle of that. And I finally, as I get out, was able to like, accept like, dude, I'm just human. I ain't nothing special. I'm just a dude that just trying to be happy. And when I try and relate that to veterans, is like try acting as a theater modality for therapy.
1: Hell yeah, bro. So here's another another tip that veterans, veterans could also use, um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna apply it to our career choice right now. Um, what I realized, I go, wait a minute. Um, what's what's most appealing, attractive is, is to be transparent on screen. And what's the best way to do that? I go, well, you gotta practice it in life. Be transparent in like, That's why I could talk about being molested, being all this shit, like even in detail, if people like, need to hear it, like, um, because being vulnerable in life is the most vulnerable you can be. Like, you know what I'm saying? As as opposed to being in in a character and and kind of hiding behind a, a, you know, saying it's the character. No, 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 I'm telling you exactly who I am. And that's like so many people tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. So many times I've heard, I've never told anyone this before because they see, you know, I have no alter agenda. They see like, they see it, they see the truth. Yeah. And when, when you start making that your practice, a training, you train yourself to be vulnerable in life it's that much more easier to do it on the screen
0: yeah and so, that's, yeah
1: so i, I to, in regards to to the veterans um start practicing that in your life on a day that, first of all looking in the mirror and being honest with yourself so then you could take that honesty and and also express that same honesty with others in the world mm-hmm. you know
0: um i love it no i think it's right i think you know um being able to be honest with yourself uh, at all times is the healthiest way of living life, or else you start building egos, you start building insecurities because you're trying to hide all the fucking vulnerability that needs to be out there to the world. And say fuck it, you know what I'm saying? I love it, dude. Let's talk about hintified, bro. I, which, you know, I, I want to talk about it just because of the fact, like, I want to help support and promote it. I appreciate um, it. <clears throat> I think it's, I watched it. I thought I was proud of you, dude. I was proud of the show having it to I'm proud of all the actors on that show, which made this, this thing, such a, a beautiful piece. And you guys got, um, you guys got picked up for season two, correct? Yeah. We start February, a couple weeks. Yeah. If you don't mind telling the people who, who are listening exactly kind of a brief synopsis of the show and where they can watch it.
1: Okay. First of all, the store's car, the show's called hintified, which is a play on words of gentrified. Um, it is on Netflix and it is a, a series that takes place in Ball Heights about this family that uh, this grandfather owns. He, it's been in the neighborhood for like 30 some years, and it's in jeopardy of being gentrified, being pushed out of the community because of gentrification. Um, I play one of his three uh, grandchildren that are helping him to keep it the, the business afloat, and so we could you know keep everything keep everything going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy because we actually lived through this. Like we, my father's from Echo Park, bro. And Echo Park when it wasn't gentrified. Right. So when you tell someone like, ah, hey, my dad's from Echo Park now, they're probably like, Oh, that's a nice place. Like yeah. It wasn't before, you know, and. There was there's bodies a- in that. There was a, bo- there was bodies in that lake, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny thing about it is this is something that happens now. And, and they forget that when they do that, they are hurting the latino culture that that has grown so accustomed to those streets and what what's the answer i I, i'm never going to tell you what the answer is because there's that's a seven layer cake of of different things but um it is hard to watch sometimes it is hard to watch to see some iconic stores or restaurants or or places that that we grew up going to and that are now changing you know and and i'm sure being a part of the show uh it hits a little bit more closer to home because that story is so honest
1: I mean, it's it's very interesting because it's very interesting because I actually was born at born in Boyle Heights. I was born at White Memorial Hospital in Boyle Heights. I was raised the first nine, ten years of my life in El Sereno, El Sereno, um, right before I moved and picked up and moved out to the Valley. And those very, very impactful years of my life. Um, in, In regards to how gentrification affected me. Didn't so much affect me per se because I grew grew up a lot in the valley, um, but to I, mean, I can tell you this: I remember Manuel's and um all through my life. And if some if that business were to be pushed out because of gentrification, that one that one would really feel like a loss. Well, you know?
0: people people don't even know about that, right? They don't know about that ten pound, twenty pound burrito that they had. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you got a Hollenbeck, you got, you got a manual special. Yeah. And, Manuel, um, I mean, I've I've known Manuel as a a kid and Manuel used to give my, uh, who's rest in peace, um, he used to give my mom and family members like tequila back in the, like, you know, come to the table and give them a drink and stuff. Um, I mean, so so many people have stories about Manuel, but that place is legendary and that's, that is a, a landmark.
0: Right. Right. And there's a lot of it. So, so Hentified, you guys can check that out. Netflix uh, season two is coming out here soon. I'm sure. I don't know if there's dates already projected, but they did get, they did get green lit for season two. It is a fun, cool show. It it makes you laugh and it makes you a little bit, a little emotional as well. It goes, it goes.
1: It's definitely emotional. I think it hits all the emotions and very relatable. Even if you're not Hispanic, Um, just the family aspect you know obviously latino families uh may may hit it may hit ho- closer to home than most because of excuse me familiarity like really feeling seen right yeah. before we're trying to see ourselves in these white people and, and nothing against them you know what i'm saying that's i saw myself in fucking rocky Babola right like yeah. just you know um that's who i, I was like oh that's who i want to be <clears throat> or or this that and the other character but like for Latinos, yeah we we really feel ourselves seen I remember remember reading the script, and people have asked me what's what's the first character you really felt seen? like quite honestly, the first character I felt seen wasn't Hentified. like I was like, oh shit, it's like looking through a window of uh, a house that I grew up in, like yeah. the banter between the cousins talking shit to each other the way they do,
0: yeah, yeah, well, and that's was- a, no yeah, that's an interesting thing that you bring up is that you know <laughs> hollywood um you know, it almost takes, and I was, almost goes back to like the whole tattoo thing, right? It wasn't long ago when Asians were only uh, store clerks, right? When 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 Blacks were only gangbangers, you know, when, when when and and as we go through this and and the shift, Asians are now doing crazy productions and fucking super successful, and the Latino community is still there growing in the space and trying to get their foot up in that you know and so hintified my show mayans the difference with Mayans is it's a little different because it doesn't show this this honest representation of an actual latino family and like yours doesn't which that's why i think i, I came to appreciate your show as well as there was another show i saw was the baker and the beauty uh, was yeah. another one of those shows that i was like fuck yeah bro that's funny because the comedy and the jokes or comedy and jokes that my mom would say to me my dad would say to me and that's what made it like man i'm watching myself on this shit
1: and how do and, and that's part of our, our upbringing too. like how we handle hardship is usually through comedy. Yes. Right. You know, yes. we, we, we talk shit and everything to get through those moments. You know, yep. like some people may think, well, how are they how are they laughing to, to this time? You know, well, that's that's how we deal. Yep. That's how we Bro, deal with things.
0: There was a whole winter where we didn't have a front wall to our house, right? Because the, the money that my dad had to do a, a, a remodel on the house fell through. It didn't come. You know what I mean? So we're laughing because we have blankets covering that door. Hopefully no one comes in at night. We're all scared. We're It's just this thing. But it is part of the family. When my brother and my sister, we get together, we fucking make fun of ourselves so hardcore about shit like that. And this is – this is like my wife's like, man, your family is funny. Like man, this is how we were raised, man. We made fun of each other and joked about life all day long.
1: Yeah, and so I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a second and say, in regards, to, you know, you talk about your tattoos and everything. What it comes down to, bro, is we need to make our own stories.
0: Yes. You know,
1: and and, and like, okay, so there was a time when people were complaining because they're not represented this, that and the other. <clears throat> and so for a lack of a better way to put it, White Hollywood was trying to put out these uh these stories that they're unrelatable to themselves and they're trying to write it and this, that and the other. So it's not authentic as our show is to give an example, be, like Marvin Lemus and, and Linda Chavez, who's from Norwalk, uh, Marvin's from Bakersfield, but lived in Boyle Heights before he wrote the story um, and mad credit. Like there's so many, there's so many fucking all-stars on our production as yours. Um, that, that's, uh, I, I, I give everyone credit. That's, that's what makes our show special. Is there's so many stars. And when I say stars, I mean, stars in life, you know, yeah. the energy that they're giving. Um, yeah, there's just so many stars in that. But they, but they, the whole, what I was trying to get to is say that they they create they create the story. It, it's coming from people that know. Yeah. You know, I I, I can't as much as I love military projects and, and um, action stuff. Let's say with military, I love playing those characters, and I'm still yearning for the day that I get to play a, a gritty type of Black Hawk Down type story. Um, the the truth is i can't write that story unless i do a lot of research and even then it's not the same thing as you
0: writing it right and that and that's you know what you were saying and i'm, I'm going to give a caveat to that is that hollywood tries to in respect to the up to the attempt you know what i'm saying like i thank you for attempting but you still fall short right because it wasn't one of us who did it right and it's and i feel that same way about latino stuff i feel the same way about military stuff even law enforcement stuff it's like uh if you're going to be doing that like it's you got to come from the source because that source is going to give you something that's so authentic that no one will fucking touch you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is like hollywood has probably tried to tip the cap and say here's a latino story but you're like wait a minute who actually wrote that you know what i mean and and now you have shows like yours you have shows like mine that are being written by the majority of the Latino culture that can tell you the honest like oh yeah this is common in my family because you know and like everyone's like oh yeah me too so the writers like fuck yeah, boom you know what i mean and that's where we get this really cool i'm excited to see the future of the latino stories to be told by latinos who have jumped up in the game and now are doing it
1: yeah Uh, i'm excited i'm excited where we're going and also touch something touch on something else let's not uh let's not Talk down about playing roles like even the characters in the Mayans. You know, people like all oh, this shit, the same type of stuff like, uh, like shooting up and this, that, and the other. There's a reason why that's popular too, or, or like it, that people want to hear those stories and be, yeah. you know people are interested in that shit. I like playing bad, uh, t- tied up characters, and yeah. I would love to play a character riding on the bike and and you know doing all that shit. Um, yeah, that's the world I like to play in.
0: Yeah, you we're entertainers, right? And what what entertains the masses, that's our job. You know what I mean? And so I'm super proud of the Mayans. I'm super proud of wherever the hell they want to take me with my character. And, and it's fun and I love to meet bikers i'm i'm meeting a lot of mc dudes that are talking to me like oh the show you could use this And you're like oh, okay cool i'll take that note bro because like it's not my world dog you know what i mean but i love to be a part of it and i love that i've been welcomed into it now because of it and they know we're actors dog i'm, I'm just doing my best to portray the the baddest dude my character can possibly be and i fucking love that i get paid to do that shit you know what i'm saying it's not too, it's not too far-fetched
1: for you you're a badass motherfucker <laughs>
0: I appreciate it, dog. Hey, uh, we'll wrap this up in about 10, but real quick, is there any aspirations for you to be a director, or producer, or anything in the future?
1: Producer, I'm a, I'm in the process right now. Uh, producing for sure. Just the overall, listen, we're all storytellers. Whether you're an actor, whether you're a cinematographer, whether you're a director, we're, at the end of the day, we're all storytellers. So I'm just trying to become the best storyteller I can be. Like with sports, the best baseball player you could be is by knowing how to play every position. And that's what I'm trying to do in, in regards of being the best storyteller I could be. Okay, I've got the acting thing down I, at least for this for this uh, performance vehicle. And that yeah. when I when I'm on when I'm on you know what I'm saying. Um, now I want to learn the, how to be the best uh, best guy and the best mechanic. You know, it, it, not just the race driver. You know what I'm saying. So um, I do believe I I have something to offer story, the storytelling business in the realm of producing. I know I can produce. I know I can bring people together. Um, that's actually what I think is my strongest suit. Even as an actor, I, I tell people, I'm a, I go, listen, like when I get, once the audition for Hentified? I go, listen, I'm a star. And I don't mean that by, you could take that two ways. You could take that and it was, oh, he thinks he's a fucking star. No, I'm a star in life because of what I shine. I know my energy and that's what I bring to set as you and all the guys on set bring to yours, right? Yeah. Ready to go, let's go. I'm talking up, I'm, I'm treating like the fucking team. Let's yeah. go guys, you know, my, my crew, yeah, you're yep. a team captain. You're a team captain. That because that's who we are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's who we are. When we were on teams. You yep. know what I'm saying? Listen, I on the fucking football team that I was a third string receiver on. I was still the I was still amongst my unit. I was still considered to be the one that they looked up to. And I was like, what? You're the guy out there fucking catching the ball. But people yep. looked up to me because how how I how I guess how I existed, my right. energy. And um I I make sure. It's a priority to me to to make sure I know everyone's name of my team, know about their life, know that they feel. I want them to make sure they feel valued. That it's not just about the people in front of the screen. It's totally a unit because then you're from a family, yes, right? Yes. And everyone's more
0: invested. Yep. Love so, it. Leadership one on one, man. Giving a fuck. Giving a fuck about everyone around you. Right? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> well, dog. I'm gonna wrap it up here, man. Um, please tell the people listening where they can find you. Uh, your social media so they can jump on and continue to get uh blessed with your 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 motivational talks that you throw on YouTube, uh, throw on Instagram and just be able to support you on your way yeah
1: well first of all i 'll just say that's my I've, that's my self given purpose in life man it 's my nature to be that way to be uh, I, the, the acting thing isn't my identity it's just something that I do at one time I, I used it as my identity for my ego but uh, now i'm just so blessed to have it as a platform because I want people like, I want people to be like, if that fool can do it, I can do it. And I say, whatever their it is, whether it be acting, whether it be being some, whatever they want to be in their life, I want them to see themselves in me and be like, oh fuck, I can do something. So my, I am a motivational speaker. I'm a preacher. You know, I just preach my, my way of living this, that, and the other. The way you can t- find out stuff about what I'm about and follow, with, follow up on me is um, JJ Soria. At JJ Soria on Insta- on Instagram and Twitter, and I still use uh, Facebook. I have a Facebook community, and that's JJ Soria. I think it's zero eight.
0: Uh, yeah, if you uh, if you send me that link to that one when I upload this, it won't. This one will get uploaded for about three weeks. Um, I'm just backed up on dudes. But yeah. but this this one, yeah, send me the link for it. I'll put whatever links you want in there. Okay, and okay. and you'll be able to click, boom, find you. Sounds good. Okay. Right now, cool. bro. Cool, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for, for uh, you know, for entertaining me for the time and, and jumping on my podcast. A long time coming. We've been trying to figure this out. So I'm glad it finally this happened.
1: Good, I'm, I'm getting ready to start my own. I've been talking about it for years. So this is actually inspiring to me. So.
0: Yeah, and if you need help, bro, tell me what you need, dog. I'll show you what I got. I'll even take a picture. This is my travel setup, right? My home setup is a little different, but my travel setup is still, it's, it's rocking, bro. And so anything you need with it, you tell me. I got you, bro. All
1: right. I'll hit you up for sure.
0: All right, cool. Butler, brother. Forget, I'm proud of you. I love you, and keep doing your shit. Thank you, brother. Later, man. <laughs>